Welcome to the PM Power Podcast, where Darren Hunter from Inspired Growth Training interviews some of the world's best property management experts to give you real solutions to the biggest issues property managers struggle with everywhere. For 25 ways to control office interruptions so you can slam through more tasks faster, go to pmpowerkeys.com. Hi everyone, Darren Hunter here. Before we get into our podcast, just want to do a quick shout out for Inspection Manager. What an amazing inspection app platform that they have. And they're really excited at the moment with their tenant assisted routine inspections, where your tenants in the convenience of their own time frame and in the convenience of their rental property, they can be getting you through the app inspections, um, their own inspection or their own photos that they've done. Now this is going to help you, particularly if you're in lockdown, but what we've also found as businesses have come out of lockdown, um, they've found that perhaps they can do maybe one or even two of these inspections a year, aside from scheduling their normal routine inspections. The next step, really go and have a demo, have a look for yourself and make a decision where this could actually work for you too. So go to inspectionmanager.com, request a demo and check it out. Hi everyone, Darren Hunsick here with the PM Power podcast show where we really do wrestle with the big issues and topics that keep property managers awake at night. Now we have a Awesome, wonderful, very special guest with us today, Marianne Smith, who is the licensee director with Harcourt Elite's Elite Agent and also Harcourt Elite Avenue, which is based in South Perth and also in, in Netherlands in Western Australia. Welcome, Marianne. Thank you, Darren. Thanks for having me. Now, you've got 20 years property management experience. Now, um, we go way back, Marianne. We go right back to 2006, 2007 when I first met you as a property manager. You were actually working in South Australia in the Barossa Valley um, in uh, Tanunda, uh, Nuripa, sorry. Um, and was that right? Which office were you in? No, no, I was in Tanunda and then we opened up the, the Nuripa office yeah. um, a little bit after. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I met you back then when you were a property manager um, and um, wow, look how far you've come. You know, you've really grown. Now you're actually managing salespeople as well as property managers with your own 20 years experience. So what we're going to tackle today is dealing with demanding expectations. And I've had people say to me, you know, ever since the global financial crisis, 2009, 2008, that people's expectations have exploded um, to being unreasonable, demanding, property managers finding it hard to keep up. So I think it's really good today to tackle those, those big ones. And I really appreciate you, Marianne, for you nominating this topic because you've got a, you're very passionate about it. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so over to you. Yeah, look, the, the GSC is probably a big thing as well because I was just saying to you before, um, back in the days where I met you in the Barossa Valley was probably in my first year or two of property management. And you used to scare me back in those days, Darren. I think I've grown to like you over the years you now. Me, you make me feel bad now. <laughs> but I was, I was a trainer and consultant in your office. You actually, your office was one of the first clients that I had. I remember doing a business health check. Remember, mm -hmm. We also did fee maximization, which was very mm -hmm. successful in your office. I remember mm -hmm. doing nuts and bolts training. I remember 
taking you out, doing training on routine inspections. I even remember doing uh, photos. Um, oh, no, I remember that as routine well. Inspections, which I've, I've still got today, you know. <laughs> <laughs> of you doing routine inspections and checking smoke alarms and things like that. And yeah, it's, it's amazing. With our stick that I just spoke about that we used to turn up to properties with a big stick that would poke the smoke alarms, but the tenants would actually think we were there to beat them when they answered the door with our big stick in our hand. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, the, the Barossa Valley, it, it was actually tough. And I was there for my first four years of property management and it, it, still to this day, 20 years on, it was one of the toughest markets that I've ever worked in. Probably being new to the industry didn't help much, but these were family investors who had one investment property. Um, you know, we would struggle with finances, with, you know, being able to afford the, the smallest of things we would have I'm going to say we would have arguments that, you know, a landlord would have to do this maintenance and we can't leave it. Um, and, and we were pretty tough back then. Um, Lorraine, who we spoke about before, was my manager and she had... The senior in the office. Yeah, the senior. She had 20 years experience prior to me. She had a lot probably, of experience. She was a very, very experienced. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, she you know that we didn't let tenants break the rules and we we did come down really strong on them and really harsh and if I look back at that now we we probably were unfair and a little bit unreasonable um but it, it was a difficult market then the GFC hit um I was actually working in central Queensland in a mining town then and I'd gone from the Barossa Valley to this mining town where everyone had so much money the rents were really high um, we would call a landlord and say, you know, you need to repaint your house and it's going to cost you $15,000. And they'd say, yep, okay, go ahead. <laughs> you would have no disputes about anything. We would have tenants move out and leave the, the biggest amount of cleaning and rubbish at a property. And we would say, that's going to cost you $3,000 to tidy it up. And the tenant would say, yep, go for it. Um, and then while I was in that mining town, the GFC hit and then we started to see um, the decline again of people not having those financial resources to be able to cover the cost of maintenance. Um, I moved over into WA um, just after that time and WA's market was starting to decline after about a 15, 20 year um, boom that they were in where they, they never had a, a market which had gone down prior to that. Um, there were, there were senior property managers who, or, you know, lifetime property managers who hadn't seen a declining market. Um, so to come over here, they didn't know how to deal with things like the rent reductions and getting clients to pay for the maintenance. Um, so I, I'm really grateful for those days that I spent in the Barossa Valley, because I think that did teach me a lot about how to deal with the demanding expectations. Um, the other thing I was talking to you about is when I was in central Queensland, I had just moved there and there was this new property manager and she, she come into the office and, you know, a new property manager, a new job, they're all happy, they're young, they're friendly, like not a care in the world and this job is great. And I, I heard her a couple of times dealing with difficult clients and 
I could just tell in the tone of her voice, she was really caring. She would explain everything in a lot of detail. Her voice, she really expressed that concern in her voice, um, which I hadn't heard before in the Barossa Valley because we were just like, this is what you need to do. There is no negotiation. If you don't do it, we're going to breach you and kick you out. That's, that's the way we dealt with it in the Barossa Valley. So I was... I was listening to this girl and, you know, she was explaining everything. I'm going to get back to you at this time and, and this is going to be the outcome that we're going to try and achieve and I'm going to send you an email. And I, I listened to this a couple of times and it, it was kind of a real awakening moment that I can still recall so well and it's, a, it's one of those moments that completely changed my career because... Once you start dealing with a client in that way with some compassion or empathy and you explain things in more detail, regardless of how much of a rush and how much workload you have with that difficult client, when you spend the time, you can actually turn that difficult client or that demanding client into one of your biggest fans, you know, raving fans. They're giving you five-star reviews. They're giving you chocolates. They're sending flowers to the office. And it actually became a competition in our office where we would say, we would hang up the phone, we'd say, okay, we've got this difficult client. They're being really annoying. Am I allowed to swear on here? I swear a lot, but I won't swear today. <laughs> well, I, I guess if we want to, you know, if we're going to be real with property managers, um, what office doesn't have swear words going on in the background? <laughs> <laughs> but um Okay, so we're like, this landlord's being a real prick, but you watch this, we're going to turn this around and we're going to get chocolates or flowers out of it. And we would make... I'm, I'm blown away with what you've just said. That is so profound. That who in property management would say, not only have we got a difficult client, we have them all day, every day, but I am actually now going to work out a way that I'm going to get a competition going and I'm going to get chocolates and flowers as the final outcome with this situation I'm blown away. I think what an amazing challenge to have because it's a good one because you are genuine. You are going to be treating them right. You are going to be working with the client to a point where that's the final outcome. And I'm thinking you would learn so much out of that with your own personal growth and skills to have that as your final goal. And I didn't realise that back then, I probably it more now with, you know, I, I love my NLP. I'm an NLP practitioner. But, you know, when we visualise the outcome, we're, we're probably more inclined to achieve that outcome. Um, so I didn't realise it back then, but we'd have these little competitions. As, the, as time went on, we would actually have the conversation with the owner. We would even be a little bit cheeky about it. And we would say, look, at the end of this, I'm going to do this for you. This is going to be the outcome. And you're going to be sending me flowers and wine. I love this sort of chocolate. I love this sort of wine. And we'd hang up and have a little bit of a laugh about it, um, which then adds a little bit of fun in a really difficult situation. You, know, you don't have to be so serious and so negative And, um, you know, it kind of lightens the tone at the moment. But in saying that, you have to dedicate that time to that difficult client and, and their expectations. And, you know, once you've overcome it, you, you probably never have to deal with that client the same way ever again. You've built trust. Yeah, 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 I agree. I agree. So let's start getting into, uh, Marianne, some key areas um, that um, let's start talking about some key areas around demanding expectations. You've given me a little bit of a list here, and I think we've got a little bit of a problem going with um, 
internet at the moment. I'm not sure it's at my end yeah. or your end, but let's just, we're, we're cool. I think we've, we're, we, we've got a minimal issue, but it's not enough to stop the podcast. So let, let's, um, let, let's get into it. You've given me some topics here. Um, let's start with the financial side of things. I'd like to say this is a bit of a launch pad that, you know, property managers, let, let's be honest here. We've got the red and the blue camp. We've got in the blue corner, we've got the owner. They're concerned about financial. They want a financial return. They don't want to spend a lot on repairs. So a lot of their angle is financial um, money. Um, and then you've got the tenant. They're not, their angle is not financial. Their angle is home, safety, security, sanctuary for them and their family. So it's very emotional um, for them as well. And, you know, for the red and the blue camp, it can be quite um, at odds with each other. And as property managers, we can be the meat in the sandwich. So from a financial point of view and dealing with demanding expectations there, um, uh, Marianne, um, what, what, what have you got there? Look, I, I think I was just saying to you before, you know, we, when we go into property management, we, property management's busy, right? Every day is go, 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 go. I, I, I think, um, David Braunack back in the day when I did start, he said, Marianne, get used to never having everything done in a day. Just set those priorities at the start of the day and get the important things done first. Um, but we're so busy, we're so rushed. I think we ourselves have these expectations of a hot water service blows, um, the owner needs to be able to afford to pay for it straight away. Um, the roof leaks, the owner needs to replace the roof straight away. You know, we might be looking at 15, 20, $30,000 um, for that to happen. Um, we look after so much of the owner's financial asset, but we really don't set the expectations of what we require them to do. You know, sometimes we do and, and over my career, you know, you've tried to, or I've tried to onboard landlords where you say, okay, you need to keep a buffer and, you know, that buffer needs to be this amount. It needs to be if the tenant doesn't pay rent or the buffer needs to be if your hot water service goes. And then I've tried to take it to the next step where we might say, okay, let's hold some funds in the trust account. And it's something that you just keep there in case of emergency. That's a good idea. Yeah. I, think, I think you're right. We, the, the buffer has always been base one for us, right? That, mm. That's the ideal situation. We don't want an owner flying too close to the sun mm. all right, with their finances in the mortgage. And as a property owner myself with two properties, I understand it. You know, I, I've got peace of mind when I've got a solid buffer sitting in that account. Um, because I've, from the time that I get my final statement from my agent to when my mortgage comes out, it's only like one or two days. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think you've taken it to the next step, which is not only do you need Mr. Smith, your responsibility, sorry about the Mr. Smith thing, Marianne, <laughs> but, but the, Mr. Smith, your responsibility is you need to have a buffer, but that's just a hope and a prayer. Um, you've taken it to the next step, which is actually taking responsibility and having a buffer in their in their in their um, online trust account. And and you know the buffer doesn't need to be something that they they put in as a bulk um, transfer straight away, or that we withhold a bulk transfer. It might be look every month we're going to keep fifty dollars of your your income. That's great. And we're going to accrue some money there and we're going to get to a stage where we've got, you know, two or $3,000 in there and then we're just going to let that sit in there so that if something urgent comes up, you're going to be able to do it. 
And then ultimately, you know, if you can keep up with your repairs, if you can keep up with improvements that need to be done at your property, you're going to get better tenant, you're going to get better rent. Um, you know, looking after your property, it's going to maintain it for longer. You're not going to have to do those types of maintenance that you might need to do when you're not looking after a property. Um, you know, you start attracting bad tenants, the, the condition of the property starts to deteriorate quickly. Um, so we're just looking for ways there to be able to, I guess, um, educate the, the landlord that, look, we're, we're responsible for their finances and, and we don't want to come down strong when we have maintenance that needs to be done, but a hot water service is urgent. And if you can't afford it, we're the ones that are having to go through that grief and that, that process of, um, you know, working out how it's going to be afforded. We need to deal with the contractor and say, well, look, this owner can't afford to pay for it. You know, can you hold off on payment for a couple of months until rent comes in? You know, these are really difficult conversations that we should be preparing for months or years down the track. Can I say, Marianne, I remember, you just, just, I remember something about the Barossa way back when was when before you had filtered water, right? Mm -hmm. And you, yeah, the silt would build up in the hot water services regularly and burn out the elements. I had the same problem in the Riverland, but you know these things do go. Um, and I think, you know, in, it, it's actually saying, Mr. Smith, we have a policy. Um, we do want to develop a buffer in the trust account. We'll withhold hundred fifty dollars a month from monies. We just hang on to it. What's affordable and, to you, and what 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 do you want to get to? What would be comfortable for you? That is so simple, but I've never heard anyone teach that before. Um, because the extent we go is, Mr. Smith, you got to have a buffer. But again, that's a hope and a prayer. It it it, it may not actually eventuate. And you got the, I've had owners literally going stupid on the phone because suddenly they're getting half a month's rent, not a full month's rent. Tenants a few days late. They're going stupid on the phone and demanding that the agent pay for the mortgage late fees. Yes. And you've got a situation now blowing up with an unreasonable owner with demanding expectations um, where what you've suggested there, if we enforce that politely and explain, we've got to give a good reason why we do it to mm -hmm. get them on board, sell them the idea. It's no different also um, with my particular agent who... Uh, we're in a water charging state. There's only one state in Australia where we don't have to go charge the tenant water, which is Victoria, because the water board deals directly with the tenant. Everywhere else, we've got to uncharge water. And my agent would charge um, an extra amount each month to the tenant to cover the water. So they're always in credit or debit, debit meets the credit by the time that the water charge comes out. Um, and that was something that buffered the situation as well and mm -hmm. reduced those problems of chasing tenants with water outstanding and, and aggravation and issues blowing up. I like that idea. Can we do that everywhere? I, 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 again, just saying to the tenant, again, it's you selling it to the owner, you've got to sell the idea to the tenant. Mm. This is why. And it's just, it's like in our household with our money, um, you know, we've got the big bills, we've got electricity, we've got water, we've got gas the big bills that come, huge bills. So we pay them off each week or each fortnight uh, in bits straight to the B pay. And by the time the bill comes out, you know, it's either paid or it's in credit. And, and we don't have to have that stress, um, that bill shock. Um, so I think um, that's a great thing because bill shock creates demanding and angry expectations because that's our theme today, Marianne. So well done, well done. Okay. 
it, um, it, it's just a difficult situation, yeah, and and that it definitely contributes to difficult situations. Um, it, it allows us to have control over it, um, over something that we don't have control over and allows us to have the, the conversation early. But a couple of things um, I'd like to add um, for my two things. Firstly, my mindset as a property owner, people need to be aware, as now a property owner myself, I'm deliberately identifying my thought processes as a property owner as opposed to a property manager, right? Okay. When my agent sends me my statements, this is it's really important everyone listen to this. I'm sitting here doing, I'm doing my work, email comes in. Oh, it's my oh, email. Oh it's, oh, it's that time of month. Oh, really? Okay. Now, the split second before I open that email from my agent with my statement on it. Now, the value, my management fee in my mind of me justifying the money I, sp I give to my agent each month comes down to that statement. That statement justifies the existence of that agent in my life. And the, with a split second before I open up that statement, my expectation is four weeks rent, less agent fees. That is my expectation, right or wrong. And it's the same type of right or wrong expectation when an owner sends us an email and expects an instant response, right or wrong. And we have to manage these things. So when I'm opening up my statement and I see that I've had $300 come out plus $500 council rates plus I've been hit with water rates and now I've only got $200 when I should have had a thousand. I've just experienced bill shock. The property manager's not in the wrong, but I'm still a little bit ticked nonetheless. Does that make sense? And so I guess as property managers, we need, and so having this buffer is really important for those unexpected situations to manage an owner's demanding expectations, right or wrong. The other thing I want to add into um, Marianne is um, a really good idea is having a slush fund. And we deal with demanding expectations from owners, demanding expectations from tenants, squabbling over a hundred bucks or squabbling over a $50 cleaning bill mm. and we get ourselves all caught up sometimes things happen in property management things happen things go wrong we get a curveball and we're left with a hundred dollars fifty dollars whatever and we've got these massive arguments over it and sometimes we just need a situation where a boss says hey you've got a slush fund of two hundred dollars a month or a hundred dollars a month in a difficult situation that you can draw upon without having to come to management first. Just know that you've got some flexibility to spend some money if it's necessary, if it's going to relieve a stress point and give us uh, you know, relief in a situation where we don't need to be losing sleep over it because it just got a little bit complicated. And so I think having a bit of a slush fund available to staff as well, that it's a trust situation as well. There's got to be some rules around it, but they know at the end of the day, they can draw on some monies to relieve a situation where there is demanding expectations and just spending a little bit of money is the easiest solution. Mm, yeah, that is good. 
um, it's hard to, you know, when you're a property manager and you're coming into a, you know, potentially a new portfolio or, you know, a client that you may not have necessarily onboarded and, you know, that client might have come in five years ago and they've just had this behaviour repeatedly. Um, you know, you, you need the support of management to be able to deal with that client. Um, yeah. So, you know, that, that sort of financial buffer is, would be amazing for a lot of property managers, I'm sure. Yeah, Just yeah. going back to the financial part of it as well, there are a couple of things. Um, when you mentioned about your invoice shock or... Um, bill shock. Bill shock, yeah. I, I used to have a property that was managed um, in Townsville and I, I still to this day um, absolutely love how that agency managed properties years ago. I'm I not sure that it's quite the same anymore, but anyway... Um, they did so many things that was quite different back in the day. And this might've been about 10 years ago. Um, it started off, I'd, I'd bought the property. I hadn't seen the property, um, bought it sight unseen, um, had it listed with a real estate agent who actually didn't put it on the portals for the first three weeks. So I was chasing them up. They ended up screaming at me saying, Marianne, this is an issue with our portal upload. Everyone's experiencing the same problem. It's not just you. It's not about you. <laughs> and I've just gone, <laughs> different agent. Um, called the other agency, told them what had happened, that I'd never seen the property. I was really concerned. It hadn't even been listed to the portal. It had a beautiful garden. I was worried about that. And I, I just felt like it hadn't been in the hands for the last three weeks the agent went to the property she did a video tour with her camera she walked me through um said you know the garden's looking great and then she just texted me that video that was the first time back then that I'd ever heard of anyone doing that she did a routine inspection she'd walk through and she'd say hey I know you can't be here you know here's a little video just so you can see what's going on um, the other thing that they would do is every time an invoice would come into the office they would actually either they would first try and give me a call. And if I didn't answer the phone call, they would leave a message or they'd send me through an email saying, bill for smoke alarms has come through, expect $100 to come off of your statement at the end of month. I loved that idea so much. It is an idea that I tried to implement at a different agency um, a while ago. The only problem with, with that is that as property managers kind of, you know, they're so busy end of month comes, let's get all the invoices in, get all the invoices in. Then the owner's got like maybe a day, if they're lucky, where they're being told, hey, you've got this invoice, this invoice, council rates, um, expect this to come out. I think the whole idea of it is that as the invoice comes in, that you touch base with the client. And for them, it was a phone call. And, and you know, after three years of owning this property, they would phone me and say the invoices come in. I'd say, look, you don't need to phone me. And they, they just say, no, no, look, it's company policy. You don't have to answer, but, um, you know, we're just leaving you a courtesy courtesy message. And I loved that. Never had it again. Never known any other company to do it. You, you might be different, but um, it's just those little things that over time I actually developed that much trust where I'm like, don't even worry about it. That's what you want your clients to, to be like. Absolutely. As a property manager. Yeah. Yeah, well done, well done. Hi everyone, Michael from Teams by Design. We've just recently launched our after hour phone service. What that means for you is we can now answer your phone calls from 5 p.m. Monday through Friday and 
all day, Saturday and Sunday. We can help you with inquiries such as property inquiry, leasing inquiry, maintenance support and new business inquiries. So please make sure you head to teensbydesign.com, leave your information, we'll arrange a Zoom and catch up and show you how we can help you through this. All right, let's move on. Um, let's talk about breaches and uh, and, and demanding expectations. Mm, rent arrears. We've covered rent arrears with the financial side of it. But it's really um, letting people know up front, isn't it, about the rent arrears process. What you don't want is starting the rent arrears process and the owner not already fully understanding what that process is. Um, and I think this really does come down to things like the property owner's handbook. Um, where we actually outline in our user manual, our property owner's handbook, upfront what the actual rent arrears process is. How long does it actually reasonably take to get a tenant out? And what is the process for the office, the office procedure, the policies we're dealing with with late rent? So owners know upfront before rent arrears situation, or in America they call it rental delinquencies. Um, you know what is that process upfront? So they know it's going to take how long for a tenant day one behind in rent to being evicted, how long that process is. And again, it just reinforces the fact that they need to have not just landlord insurance, but quality landlord insurance. So it's not sourced from a supermarket. It's not sourced from a bank. It's sourced from a quality landlord insurer that us as agents have a relationship with, because we need to paint up front how bad the situation can get so they know up front, so they that then know, okay, that's a bad situation. I need to be prepared. I need to have a buffer, but even better, I need to have quality landlord insurance. Yeah, agree. Um, the other thing too, and, and this is not a criticism against property manager, I think it's just, again, you know, the busyness, the process that we go through. Every morning we come in, we do our rent arrears. That's the thing that we do every day. Um, you know, have a tenant one day in arrears, two days in arrears, three days. We look at it at three days and we're like, oh, that tenant's never in arrears. You know, they'll, they'll come back. We'll give them a call. Um, they're going to pay rent. We're not really communicating this to the owners because it's such a habit of us doing it on a regular basis. So when it gets to the stage where, you know, the tenant's seven days, I don't know, I can't remember what it is interstate, um, you know, but when it gets to a stage where they are in arrears, have we actually given that owner enough notice that this is a potential issue that's coming up? You know, are we providing them with the communication to say, look, you need to be prepared. Your tenant has fallen in arrears, you know, a few days, a few times. So we're just going to keep on top of it. We're going to continue with our process. If anything changes, we'll let you know. But again, just that communication. Um, I do feel, and, and I'm just as guilty of it as anyone else, it's just a daily practice. You just do it day in, day out. You don't think about communicating it because you want your landlord to trust that you can do your job and you can do it properly. You're not thinking that they need to be prepared. They need to know. Um, yeah, and I think it's just going back again to... Um, in my notes, I had that, you know, what are the things that I check off when I have a difficult situation? And, and one of them is how would I feel if I was in their situation, if it was me who owned that property and you were calling me? Um, is there something else I could be doing to put them at ease? Is there a different way to communicate? And what it is, is it's actually taking the blame from the client and it's actually putting it back on me on what else can I do to make this process easier for the landlord? rather than I expect the landlord to trust me and what I'm doing and that I'm doing my job properly. 
Well done. Yep, well done. All right, um, let, let's move on. Now, let's talk about communication. Yeah, look, same. I think we've covered that um, quite a bit, you know, with renteries, um, breaches, um, the financial side of things. Um, Let, let's talk about... Going back, even, going back to even my early days when I was saying how reactive I was, um, you know, when a difficult situation, you know, I, I don't have time to deal with this difficult client. And you can hear it in your voice. Um, that's the sort of communication I'm thinking of. Is that what you're thinking of? So let's talk about demanding expectations because one of the big issues around communication is owners' expectations when they send an email or they leave a, 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 a voice message or a, a message um, for, to be returned. I think the right expectations need to be given up front. And again, comes back to that property owner's handbook when you're inducting owners, this is how we're going to treat your phone call. This is how we're going to treat your email. Now, I do teach, you know, for example, people have expectations right or wrong when they send an email. And a lot of people expect, they actually have this fantasy, the property manager sitting there on the keyboard going, la, 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 la. Oh, there's, a, there's an email here from Mr. Smith. And, and, and so we need to be able to deal with that and let people know at the point that we get the email to give them the right expectation upfront. That means an autoresponder. So let's now break some myths. Let's break some mindsets that an autoresponder is not something you just use when you're on sick leave or on annual leave. It can actually be used 24-7 and having words along the lines of thank you for your email. The business of property management keeps us out on the road at inspections, dealing with emergencies. And in most cases, we're not able to return your email right away. However, please expect that we'll be able to get back to your email. It will, we'll treat it as, um, uh, as a, a, a important, but we'll be able to get back to you within 24 hours. Um, if it's an emergency, please call this number. Um, but giving people the right expectation. Now, when I say this to property managers up front, it's, oh, you can't do that, you know, but at the end of the day, it's a better situation than owners with instant expectations, which is wrong. Um, and now you're taking the weight off your shoulders and that layer of self-imposed anxiety you've placed on yourself that you've got these 10 emails from owners, you've got no time to return it. And you're now feeling really anxious about it. Whereas you can release yourself saying to people, hey, we'll get back to you within 24 hours. Um, you can manage it so much better as long as you get back within 24 hours. Um, and be easy on yourself. Um, mm -hmm. Instead of working to this instant, giving people right expectations. And here is the deal. Busy people respect busy people. And if I'm a busy business owner, a property owner, and I get an email from my property manager or responder saying, hey, the job of property management keeps me busy. Um, I will get back to you within 24 hours. I will respect that person. And now I know the gameplay. Otherwise, we're dealing with demanding expectations. And Marianne, here's the key. 95% of the conflict that we deal with in property management is because owners or tenants have wrong or indifferent expectations. And it's because we haven't told them up front what to expect. And so if we dedicate ourselves to being up front with education and induction, 
we will then avoid these demanding expectations or reduce them dramatically that turn into conflict and stress and problems. But it is our time that we have to give to being proactive. The alternative is you will have to give your time reactively to issues, problems, stress, complications, blow-ups, conflict. But the point is here, your time is going to be demanded. So you have to choose either reactively or proactively. And I think you mentioned before about using the property owner's handbook that you, you did. It, how was that useful to you way back then? Oh, look, it, it's absolutely fantastic. You know, you, you, you can explain it better than I can, but you, you can go through it depending on how much the owner wants to know when you're signing them up or bringing them in. You can go through as much or as little as what they need to know. And they might just indicate, look, you know, it's rent arrears that scares me. I'm really worried about not receiving the, the money so that I can pay my mortgage. So you can go through the rent arrears process or you can go through all of it or send them away and read it. Um, an issue comes up, you can refer them to that section so that they've got something to read. They've got something in their hand. So rather than picking up the phone and, and realising that they're not going to get through to you straight away, they've got something physical that they can go back to and refer to and maybe put their mind at ease in, in the short term. Um, it's, it's, I'm going to be starting my rent roll again um, from from scratch um, with the new company that we've just started. But absolutely, there'll be a landlord education process for every single landlord that comes in. Um, they'll have something physical that they can go through that I'll be referring to all the time just to remind them that it's there. Um, you know, doing videos, that's the other thing too, doing videos so that they can get on your website and have a look at difficult situations, how you deal with them. Um, do a blog and send it out to them as a reminder every now and then. You can do that periodically where you might send out um, something about rent arrears this year and next month it might be a different topic and then next year it might be rent arrears again. It doesn't really matter. Um, but you just want that ongoing education of your landlords. I love the book. The book was so new. Yeah, the handbook came out of an idea of um, you know, a number of years ago I was just looking up, trying to find the, the URL that I'm using for the property owner's handbook so I can take people to it in a sec. But the, um, the property owner's handbook came from an idea um, from a gentleman called Gene Bennett in the United States. And it's all about that induction and education up front. But in the listing presentation, if you say to people up front, hey, look, here is our user manual. This is how we operate. I can't leave it with you because we only give it to clients that sign up with us. So now we've turned it into a point of difference, but we just place it in their hand, let them have a look at it. And any questions that have come out during the listing presentation, showing that their need, their pain, their problem, you know, I'm concerned about the rent not being paid on time. You know, I'm concerned about the property being damaged and all this sort of thing. We can actually show them out of the property owner's handbook where that's addressed. Not only are we now giving them right expectations up front, but they're now impressed that we are obviously experts if we have a user manual compared to our competitors that have nothing. And the, the, this is how the property owner's handbook works. So we've actually, we've actually re-released it, Marianne. I know you've used I it. Saw. No, I saw. Re-released. We hold all of these property managers in our uh, inner circle, IGT inner circle. So if you're not part of our Facebook group, go to the on Facebook IGT inner circle make sure you answer the three questions otherwise uncle dennis will not let you in and 
um, we polled the property managers, what are the most commonly asked questions that new property owners have? We've taken all of those and put them into the revised new version of the property owner's handbook. Just go to inspiredgrowthtraining.com. It's inspiredgrowthtraining.com. Go to PM Power. You'll see a drop down. Property owner's handbook there. The tenant handbook's there. It'll probably together those things combined will save you around about 60 hours of writing that you don't have to do. I've done the base. All you have to do is add your office practices. You just um, add in your own legislation, add your brand, make it yours. We, we give them as base word documents um, and, and get the thing into play. Start educating and inducting upfront because the alternative is dealing with demanding expectations. This, we're all on a journey to reduce and eliminate demanding expectations and taking that, 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 um, that burden off our backs. So all right. roll, it out, roll it out to existing clients, you know, organize a coffee catch up and, um, you know, introduce it to some of your, your existing clients as well. It's, it's not just a new business tool. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how much time we've got. There's one more thing that I really loved about helping to deal with difficult clients. Have I got time to go for it. talk about surveys? Yeah, Surveying. Go. I love it. Um, surveying regularly. Um, we actually introduced a, a survey tool, which uh, we used ALO, um, which was doing, I think it was quarterly, quarterly surveys, which just had the three questions um, about communication, level of expertise, um, and there was, a, there was another topic there as well. And then they would do a survey when a property was leased about, you know, the time, the price, all of that sort of stuff. But it was actually a really good tool to, over time, help identify who was starting to become a little bit antsy about, um, you know, maybe communication, maybe who they were dealing with. Um, it had the three questions and it obviously had an area where they could just freeform write whatever they wanted to. What were the three it, questions, Marianne? One was about um, how would you consider our communication from one to five, I think it was, um, level of expertise of your property manager. I can't remember what the third one was. I'll, I'll have a think about that. A question along the lines of how well would you recommend us to others? Would it be something like that? No, it wasn't like a um, it, it wasn't like a recommendation for that one. Once a year, they would do what do you call that? Um, the one question, the ultimate question. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I but this, and they would do that one once a year, where you would give a score from one to ten. Um, to do an NPS score. Yep, that's it. But yeah, but this one was just um, a regular quarterly one. I'll, I'll, I'll flick you through and let you know what the third question was. I actually can't remember. Um, but I would be able to pick up, you know, you'd have like five-star ratings for a, for a property manager from this one particular client. And then, you know, you would start to see that maybe it dropped down for four and to maybe three. And you could actually pick up the phone and have those conversations. And if someone was really unhappy, they would actually write down, you know, why they're feeling like they've rate, taken the rating from a five to a three or a two or whatever. But it actually helps with you to deal with it early rather than waiting for that explosion of someone who's upset or not or you, know. you lose the property 
or you lose the property. Yeah. Getting on top of it early, and I, I I'm certainly was aware of ALO um, was you know they they had a structure in place that you can pinpoint the the at risk properties so you're not losing them because I think you know out of all these things here, communication is the actual biggest thing. Um, of why an owner will leave the business. Um, it could be stuff ups as well. Um, you know, people think increasing fees, people, it doesn't drive people out. What drives people out is communication, emails not being returned, phone calls not being returned, uh, and miscommunication um, because that's where they lose faith, lose trust, they lose their peace of mind. Um, we spend so much time with those clients who are demanding that we're kind of not, you know, without surveying, you're not really contacting or communicating the other clients who haven't yet got to that stage where things are exploding and you, and you, you know, you're having those big conversations. Um, at least you're getting an indication at some stage that the service levels have dropped, um, you know, or they're not happy or something's happened. Um, I'll be doing it probably with SurveyMonkey to start off with just to do it on a regular basis. But I was, I was obsessed by it and I loved the feedback that owners were giving. Um, you know, it was honest. Um, I'm not sure that you would get that if you actually gave them a phone call, whereas they had the time to sit on that. You know, you could sometimes see that they might not even reply to the survey in the first week or two that they got it, but a month later they might be, okay, I'm going to go back to that survey. I'm going to pull it out of my inbox and I'm going to let you know that I've dropped your score. Um, great tool. Loved it. That's good. That's good. Well done. So, look, there's a lot around demanding expectations, but I think we've covered a lot of ground today, Mary, and let's wrap this up. Thank you so much for your time. Um, and you, you know, I'm really looking forward to watching your next chapter, um, you know, with you as a licensee and director. As I said, I first started working with you when you were just a new property manager. So um, it's just lovely to see your journey and, and your growth. Um, so thank, thank you, you so much, Mary. How can people get hold of you? Email. What's the best way to get hold of you? The email? What's your email address? Marianne.smith at harcourts.com.au or my mobile 048 Cool. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Marianne, for your time. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you, Darren. See ya.